Ahoy! Welcome to the season finale, season four finale of Bottom of the Stream. My name is Adam. Welcome, times 100. 100 films. This is the 100th film that we've ever reviewed, Nick. I know. What do you think of that? Momentous. 100 not out. It's a momentous day. 100 not out, indeed. Raising my bat. Fourth season finale we've done as well. And coming up on two years. I think I think during this week it'll be our two year anniversary. Yeah. That's, April uh, the first, twenty nineteen was the first episode of Bottom of the Stream. Here you for go. Any historians out there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need like an archivist. I think Ross is pretty much that. <laughs> I think he pretty much does that. Just just unofficial and doesn't get paid for it. But then we don't get paid for it either, so we're, we're how doing, are you? Uh, yeah, good. Yeah, well I'm doing it because it's fun, so <laughs> Me too. That's I love all I need. This. I love doing this. We have some great times. We've had some great times over the last two years. Yeah, about half of them actually in the same room. <laughs> yeah, about half now. That's <laughs> ridiculous, isn't it? A year apart, Nick. I'm shedding a single <laughs> tear. <laughs> Looks like it won't be long, though. I reckon May sort of time will be good. We'll yeah, be man. good to get back together. At some point during season five, we're going to be in the same room. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. I'm so excited. What have you been up to this week? Have you got any gossip for me? Um, I've <laughs> yeah, but it's really boring. But I okay. think I'm going to tell it anyway. Go for it. It's like it's a, never stopped you before. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> it's a proper dad thing. I bought a new toolbox. Oh wow! What's in it? <laughs> Nothing. Is I'm it not, just a box, not, or is there some? Yeah, tools yeah, in just it? a box because I've not transferred. Just a box. I've not transferred over yet. I was kind of saving it for tomorrow as something to look forward to. <laughs> Wow, bad times. Um, yeah, it's a big, it's a big, bigger box. I've upgraded, so. Uh, Is it fun. metal? Is it plastic? Come on, describe. Wooden. It's, it's it's plastic with a, an array of drawers and trays in it, nice. and then a uh, nice. a, a, a large cavity to store the larger items. So, <laughs> I look forward to the day I can come round and see your toolbox. I've ordered a shed as well. Oh my god! This oh, nice. is getting worse. That's bigger. <laughs> so. That should be here in a couple of weeks. So I can build that with my toolbox. With your toolbox? Yeah. Well, if you need a hand, we're allowed to do garden meets next oh, week. That's I true. assume that means I'll be able to come to your garden and help you build a shed. Yeah, you want to put a shed up? Oh, happily. I love a bit of DIY. Excellent. We'll we'll, um, we'll, we'll dock the boat and build a shed. Maybe we could like Instagram live it or something and okay. <laughs> the bottom okay. of the stream builds on Instagram. I'll vote for that. Like, <laughs> DIY SOS. Let's do it. I think we should definitely do that. Now we've said it, we've put it out into the universe. People are going to want to see that. Yeah, you can and see us. Um, the rebirth of the Chuckle Brothers. <laughs> hammering nails through each other's thumbs. And, yeah, t- to me, to me, to me, to you. Oh, let's please do that. That'd be so much fun. We'll just leave a camera set up, just running Instagram Live for like hours on end. One, re- one word review of this shed. <laughs> Sheddy. <laughs> Bit of a wooden nice. performance. Look forward to that. That's going to be so much fun. Okay, deal. Deal. Anything else? I don't think so. No, I'm just no. I'm just considering um, shooting angles and things now <laughs> from the patio. We've got some ladders, so we could get some uh, pretty good shots. I think. I've got a tripod. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Sorted. This is definitely happening. It's definitely <laughs> happening. It's going to be like a an Arbed documentary from Community. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah, all right. Shedathon 21. It's on. I'm up for it. Let's do this shit.
been up to anything else this week or that I don't think right? that's, that's about it um how about you nothing <laughs> literally <laughs> nothing it's been my life's just work and podcasting now i don't do anything else that's oh, a lie it. i can I, I finished a computer game i finished detroit become human oh yeah yeah I, have you ever we, played it um, no, but I do have it. So I think we mentioned this a bit in the Discord, didn't we, this week? Oh, we were chatting about it in the Discord, yeah. Come and join the Discord. Uh, I do have that game because I think it was on PS Plus a couple of months ago. Uh, so I did yeah. get it. But no, I've not. I've never um, never fired it up as yet. You should. I think it would be right up your street. It is Excellent. so much fun. It's like watching a film, sure. but you just control all the decision making. Cool. But there's like you control like four different characters. And they're potentially on different sides of the war, I guess. Not even a war, but like a disagreement. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's I, cool. I, pre- I presume it's that cool as fuck. there's quite a bit of replayability because you can make exactly, different yeah, there's, choices. There's so many different directions that, that you can go. I finished it and literally just wanted to start it again. Excellent. I'm, like, right, I'm just going to play this in a different style now. It's a few years so, old, isn't it? I can, I can vaguely yeah, it remember it being old. advertised at the time. PlayStation give it away for free to all PS5 owners who have got PS Plus. So I see. there was like there was like a list of games. There's about twelve games I think that were given away, and that was one of them. So I just picked it up on the off chance and completed it in a week. Oh, lovely! <laughs> it's awesome. It's so much fun to play. Definitely recommended it. There you go, Adam's game chat. That's not been there for ages. We've not done that for ages. <laughs> no, we haven't. <laughs> what What's next? Um, I'm replaying Until Dawn now, which oh, is yeah. a similar sort of style. It's, again, decision-making. You make the decisions for the characters while you're basically just watching what they do. It's, so I thought, that's what I thought. I thought, oh, that, until Dawn's like this, I'll play that. And Yeah, it's the same. Excellent. That's older as well. That's like four or five years old as well. Maybe more. I'd try and find some time and uh, fire, fire that up then. That sounds... That does do sound it. Like I think it you'll really interest enjoy me. it. It will. Have you got any Netflix news? Yes, i got a few. Shall I start? Yes. I mean... I think, yeah, that's fine. No problems. Uh, so, a couple of movies that are coming to Netflix in April, hmm. which look pretty interesting. Uh, trailers have come out in the last last few days. First one is a movie called Run, and it comes to Netflix on the 2nd of April. I don't know how this woman manages to be in so much stuff, because she <laughs> seems to have something coming out pretty much every every few weeks okay um, but sarah paulson is starring in run <laughs> how is how is she just how does she have time and she she plays the mother of a wheelchair bound daughter uh obviously okay. she, she cares for her but all may not be as it seems um interesting and there may be a bit more of a captive situation going on. That is certainly what the trailer implies. The trailer is quite intense. I, I watched it earlier today and I thought, ah, that does look interesting. So I think I will be checking that one out. That does sound interesting. I will definitely be checking. Is the trailer good? Yeah, it was actually. It's, there's definitely a sort of a misery vibe to it, I guess you would say. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm on board. So check, yeah, check the trailer out. Uh, I think... Yeah, from the from the looks of it, I think it would pretty much be up up your street as well. Interesting. I will definitely check the trailer out. Shall I keep Run. going? Yes, please, because my phone has lost its internet and I can't <laughs> find the the story that I wanted. No problem. So the other movie I wanted to talk about, where uh, the trailer, which 
which hit a couple of days ago, is The Stowaway. Okay. Arrives on Netflix on April the 22nd. So this is a space movie. So my, my wife won't watch it because she doesn't like space things. Like, oh. I think I've mentioned this before. It's fine with, like, Star Wars, Star Trek, sci-fi stuff, but not actual space things. So she won't watch, like, Gravity or The Martian or anything. She's like. missing out. They're both great films. <laughs> Anyway, The Stowaway is a space <laughs> movie starring okay. Anna Kendrick and Tony Collette and Daniel Day Kim. And they are the three-person crew on a mission to Mars who find that they are suddenly a four-person crew. <laughs> <laughs> but things go wrong and there's only enough oxygen and supplies to keep three of them alive. And there's your basic concept. It sounds fun. Yeah, I think so. Again, of quite a tense and intense trailer, so that'll be <laughs> worth checking out. I think. Definitely. Is it, the trailer's out as well now, is it? Yes. You can. When's find that coming? Them. Uh, April the twenty second. Oh, not long then. Not long at all. Neil. Yeah. Cool. Any, any from you, or do you want me to keep going? No, I've got. I've got one. Go for it. Um, do you know who Ryan Murphy is? Do I? He should do. Yes. He, He's everywhere. He, does most of netflix my earphones have gone off bear with me a second okay i'm still talking they've come back on that was can, weird can you hear me that's now? never happened before i can yeah that's i could hear you it just went really quiet i don't know okay. what happened bizarre um yeah blah, 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 blah. ryan murphy yes. this guy he makes a lot of tv shows for netflix sure he's casting another one at the minute as we what's, speak what's he got the, what's what's he doing now <laughs> he's got a show called monster the jeffrey dharma story Okay. It's obviously a biography of Jeffrey Dahmer. I feel like we've had a few of those recently. (laughs) This is a drama series, though, and it is told from the perspective of the victims and the police incompetencies. So is this separate to his American crime story stuff? Yes. Or is it... So it's not under that umbrella? No, it's not. It's a separate show. Fine. It's a TV miniseries. Right. It's coming later this year. It's not... He's only just casting it, so it is going to be late this year. Do you want to know who he's cast as Evan? As oh, just give the answer. Right. Do you want to know who he's cast as Jeffrey Dahmer? I think it's Evan someone. Evan Peters, the guy oh, who's yeah. in most of his shows. <laughs> it is. You're right. It is indeed. Dave Boner or whatever his name was. <laughs> Evan Peters is amazing though, and he'll we'll pull that off perfectly. I reckon. Yeah. There's a so few other names it, in it. Colin Colin Ford's in it. He was he had his own show on Netflix last year. Um, Daybreak, the zombie. TV show. I was, I was just going to say Evan Peters pulled that boner off in uh, One Division. Very true, very true indeed. Um, Richard Jenkins is in it as well. He's in loads of stuff. Sure. Yeah, it's going to be good. I think. I'm looking forward to it. I like the Ryan Murphy's shows are hit and miss to say the least, but I like the idea of that. I think it's a good idea, and I do like Evan Peters. It's going to be really good. And I'm sure it'll look beautiful as all his shows tend to. Yeah, exactly. It's all style, no substance usually with Murphy, isn't it? It's not an unfair allegation, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> he turned it around with Ratchet, though. That was all style and all substance. So, um, Mostly, I think yeah. it petered out a bit for me. <laughs> it but wasn't the worst show that he's made. No, no, no. No, but not by a long shot. Like I think I said a few weeks ago, I had the displeasure of watching The Prom, and uh, that was an absolutely <laughs> soul-destroying experience. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I've got another bit of casting news, if you want that. Yes, please. 
Um, Netflix are making a crime movie called Havoc, uh, which okay. is being created by Gareth Evans. Sure. Um, he signed an exclusive deal with Netflix a while back. I think we mentioned it a while back. And this is going to be the first film that he's making on, in, under that deal. Havoc, apparently, I've got a synopsis here somewhere. It says, Havoc starts just after a drug deal gone wrong before... before just, I'll start that again. Havoc starts just after a drug deal has gone wrong before going on to focus on, to, on a lead detective tasked with rescuing a politician's son. However, upon his mission, the detective begins to uncover a whole new level of corruption, crime and conspiracy throughout the city that he's forced to confront. Two people have been casting it so far. Tom Hardy and Forrest Whitaker. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a decent cast so far. Sounds quite good as well. He's, he's bringing them... Um... A bit crimey. You're bringing Tom Hardy. Was Tom Hardy in that Gangs of London recently? Because that was Gareth Evans. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Excellent. so I thought that was quite interesting. That it doesn't have any sort of release date. I don't think they've even started filming yet, so you'd probably look in next year. Yeah. He's, um, Gareth Evans is probably most well known for The Raid and The Raid 2. Have you ever seen those? Yeah. I haven't ever seen those, and I've heard they're both really oh, good, and I should watch them. them. I should watch them. I don't know why I've never seen them. Do you remember the... Um... Say so the most recent Dread movie. Yes. Where he just had to shoot his way out of the tower block. Yeah. So they basically could just copied the raid. That was... <laughs> right, okay. Didn't that I is... think me and you watched that Dread movie together? Yeah, we did. Yeah, I, mean, I think we went yeah, we to did. The, the cinema. Uh, yeah. Oh, cinemas. Oh, I remember them. What, cinemas? <laughs> yeah. Vaguely. Vaguely, vaguely. Excellent. That's all my news is done. Have you got... I think you've got more, haven't you? Yeah, I've got some more. Good, good. Should we talk release schedules? Yes, always. Because Netflix is obviously infamous <laughs> for dropping a huge wad of content all at once. Yes, that's so, true. So your series, you will get episode 1 to 10. Yeah. All on the same day. Whereas, clearly Disney Plus have taken a different approach with, with some of their recent releases. Correct. And... There are some signs that Netflix may be changing tact slightly because they have announced this week, and I know these aren't really on our radar, but I thought it was quite an interesting story, that for the new series of their reality show, Too Hot to Handle, yeah, which, if you remember, is the show where a load of beautiful people get sent to a tropical island and then they get penalised if they, like, kiss or... yeah. Fuck. Uh, that will be released in sort of batches of four over every week or so. So they're not quite going one episode a week, but they're sort of doing four, then four, then two or something like that, uh, which is a definite change change for them. Yeah, that is, that's a strange way to release something. Yeah, so that's, that's just sort of breaking it down into smaller chunks. Now, whether that's sort of to try and get a handle on on spoilers, I'm not sure, but um, yeah, it's definitely a change in tact from them. Yeah, that does sound. Yeah, that is different. That's not like Netflix. That is weird. So yeah, I'm not sure. I like the way Disney Plus do it either. <sighs> I think we've got past the weekly release of TV shows now. I think it's it should be down to the consumer to just decide when they want to watch them. I, um, I, I, I don't think you'll see them going back to it though with the amount no, of conversation and you know, interactions that, that WandaVision generated. Very true. You can see that side of it as well, to be fair. I just don't... I, there are, yeah. what, I'm, what I 
don't like it. There's there are some shows on this stars that's come out that are fully out there, but they're still releasing them weekly. That's a bit different, yeah. Yeah, that that's the sort of thing I meant. It's I don't mind things like One Division and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier shows doing the same, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, the, to keep to have a show that's already fully out there on another service and then still release it weekly, I find is a bit puzzling. Yeah, I think I think that's a bit of a harder. Uh, thing to get your head around yeah definitely cool anything else i just wanted to mention a couple of bits of sad news because they're kind of related to some of the stuff that we do on here so we're this week talking about a movie funhouse massacre correct which is which is set obviously in an amusement park and this week unfortunately george seagal passed away yeah that's really sad news really really sad I suppose most recently is famous for playing Pops in the Goldbergs. Yes. Which um, he's he's ace in that role, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was, really was. He was excellent. Yeah. He's, he's one of the things he's most famous for was a disaster movie in the 70s called Roller Coaster. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, and now I just thought, oh, I, 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 it just sort of occurred to me that, you know, oh, there's another movie set in, a, set in an amusement park. <laughs> That's a tenuous link, but I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> and then today, not but an hour ago, yeah. um, I, I was going through the socials and happened to see, that unfortunately, um, Jessica Walter has passed away. Yeah, I saw that. That's bad times as well. And uh, she she's obviously, again, most recently... Um, well known for for playing um, Lucille Bluth in Arrested Development, which yep. is one of my favourite sitcoms of all time. And she might be one of the funniest characters in a show that has several of the funniest sitcom characters of all time. <laughs> um, and that's, yeah, that's a real shame to see as well. Yeah, definitely. Sad times. RIP to both those two. Definitely. Thoughts and prayers. Excellent. I've got a list we can talk about. Okay. I love a list. You know I do. Sure. You know, one of the reasons that this podcast came about for anyone who is new or newish, because we probably haven't talked about this for a while, is that we, when we were allowed to, in the old world, get together (laughs) and watch crap movies. Yeah. um, We used to love a versus movie, didn't we? Oh, definitely. (laughs) Still do. I've found an article in the uh, in the Guardian to give them credit, and they have ranked the twenty greatest, as they've put it, SmackDown movies. <laughs> and I, awesome. I think, I think this is inspired by the fact that Godzilla vs Kong is about to be released. It's about to do big money, I reckon. That I've got a good feeling about that film. I mean, yeah, it will do as big a money as is possible. At the moment, yeah, I guess. Uh, so, do you want to talk about the twenty greatest SmackDown movies, and we'll see what's in there? Definitely do. I wonder how many we've actually seen. Yeah, that would be. Uh, well, let's find out. So, twenty. Okay. They've got Ballistic X versus Sever. No idea what that is. I think it was a computer game. So, I'm going to give you some computer game knowledge because I'm pretty okay. sure. <laughs> It was like an old Game Boy game. <laughs> What's it called? Co- Ballistic X versus Sever. I'll, do, I'll, I'll shoot a goog while you're talking. Uh, X is spelled E-C-K-S. Of course it is. That's a film from 2002, apparently. Exactly. 
Do you think it was think... based on a game? I'm telling yeah. you, Banderas is in it. Yeah, I think Lucy Liu might be in it. Yeah, correct. Apparently, according to this article, it has a 0% score on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was a I Game think... Boy Advanced game. There you go. How random Knowledge. is that? How did that get a movie made? I think it's about two assassins competing against each other. Okay. I've never seen that. Never even heard of it. I kind of want to watch it. Three point seven on IMDb. I'm, I'm going to watch that trailer afterwards. Okay, me too. Number nineteen. Is from, it, number nineteen is from nineteen seventy-one. It is Dracula versus Frankenstein. Didn't know it even existed. Sounds fun. Yeah, but you had all that sort of seventies, didn't you? Mummy versus the Invisible Man and all that sort yeah. of stuff. No, I've not seen it either. Uh, I think we might have seen this one. Number 18 is from 2015. It is Sharktopus versus Werewolf. Yes, we did watch that, I think, at some point. Sh- Sharktopus? Oh, I don't know. Actually, Werewolf doesn't sound familiar, but you might... I, th- I think we've seen Werewolf, and it's a dude who turns into a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, we 100% have seen it. Yeah, I've just brought it up on IMDb. I definitely have seen it. Check it out. <laughs> or not. <laughs> 3.2 on IMDb, and it is available on Amazon Prime. <laughs> um, they have put at 17, Cockneys versus Zombies. I've seen that. Yeah, I'm sure I have as well. I think it plays on, like, the horror channel or something like that. Yeah. Do you know it is the final f- film of both Richard Briers and Honor Bachman? <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's crazy. There you go. Too big, man. 5.9 on IMDb, that one. Wow. It is good. It is it's good fun, that film. If you've uh, not 16. seen Cognies versus Jombies, check it out. Jombies? Jombies, yep. <laughs> Number 16 is Monsters versus Aliens. That is a DreamWorks animation. Don't think I, I've seen that. Don't think I've seen it either. So we'll quickly move on. So <laughs> Number 15, which is Alien versus Predator. Definitely seen that. All of those are terrible. <laughs> it was like a thing that fans wanted didn't they for years and years and years and then the guy who made the Resident Evil movies made about four Alien vs Predator films and they were all <laughs> terrible first one's 5.6 on IMDb can't be that okay. bad 14 Strippers vs Werewolves from 2012 I feel like I've seen that as well it's a British movie did we watch that once uh, I'm not sure all I've got is a still picture and it's not it's not giving me a <laughs> It's not giving me a spark. Oh, no. I've, I've got a picture as well. I've definitely not seen that, but I do want to see it. <laughs> is it a stripping werewolf? <laughs> it's, a, it's a man behind a bar in a pub just as a werewolf. <laughs> 13 is the first of what I suspect may be a couple of um, sort of Japanese... Martin Kemp's in stri- Strippers vs. Werewolf. Sorry. Oh, really? Yeah. And Robert England. Oh, really? No way. <laughs> Crazy is that? I hope he's not playing a stripper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 13 is Gamera versus Gyron. That's anime, surely. Uh, it's, no, it's a um, 1969 monster movie. Oh, okay. Gamera is a, a, some version of Godzilla, I believe. Cool. We need to speed up. We're going to use the whole episode up otherwise. <laughs> That's fine. Number 12 <laughs> is The People versus Larry Flint. I just think they've put that, that doesn't in count, for a laugh. surely. <laughs> <laughs> Number 11 is Freddy versus Jason. Great film. 
I remember seeing that in the cinema. In New York? Yeah, and I've never seen a movie with such audience participation. It was, I, I always do, when I tell people about it, because I, t- I tell that story quite often that we saw that. I don't think we've ever told it on here. Probably not. And I always re- liken it to, do you remember the opening scene of Scream 2? Yeah. When they're all like running around the cinema and screaming and not even watching the film. It was exactly like that. People were so into it, weren't they? They were completely into it. It was a, such a good experience. <laughs> it was a proper good experience. I, I have a fond memory of that film, and I imagine it's garbage, but I have a fond memory of that film just from it that was, experience of watching it in New York. Yeah, it was like a interactive performance piece, wasn't it? Robert England's <laughs> it in that awesome. as well. <laughs> yeah. His name's popping up a lot today. Number 10, we'll zip through these. Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Not seen it. Number nine, Eagle vs. Shark. That is uh, Taika Waititi's first movie. Seen that. Great film. Number eight, Batman vs. Superman. Shite film. <laughs> Absolute hot garbage. Next. Number seven, Mega Shark vs. Giant Octopus. The film that started it all. It's the That's... movie that influenced Sharknado. It's the movie that started all of those sort of Mega Shark films, all of those Crocosauruses. That is the film that started everything. That should be in some sort of Hall of Fame, that film. Changed my my cinema life. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. Number six. It is. Billy the Kid versus Dracula. That sounds fun. (laughs) Yeah. That's from the 60s. That that was going to be a trip. Uh, Number (laughs) five is courtroom drama and tearjerker. Kramer versus Kramer. (laughs) I just think it's so fun when I hear that name. (laughs) Number four is Joe versus the Volcano. That is that Brad Pitt? No, it's a very young Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. That's it. I know it was somebody like that. It's supposed to be really good. It comes up on Brett Goldstein's podcast quite often. Have you never seen it? No. Oh, I remember seeing it several times. No, I don't Back think I have. I've heard, I've heard it comes up on his podcast all the time. Top three. Number three, King Kong versus Godzilla from 1962. Okay. So, I didn't even know this, that had happened before. This is what is... Yeah, the remake is about to come out. Number two, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Wonderful film. Absolutely wonderful film. So what's number one? Number one, I I guess appropriately, is 1964, Mothra versus Godzilla. That's the best one, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice, says, that's a says, great it, list. That's, it says that's... best of the genre. Godzilla fights a giant moth. What more could you want? <laughs> I like that. Best of the genre. As if all of those films fit in the same genre. <laughs> I think they're referring to the Godzilla genre. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I think Mega Shark vs. Giant Octopus should be in that. That should be at number one in that list. Personally. I mean. I think it changed the world. It just bequeathed so many of those. So <laughs> much good stuff came that, from that That film. sort of next five year period. And it's a really good film. Ah, oh, come on, let's be realistic. No, it's a very good film. It's much better than it's 2.5 out of 10 on IMDb. That's for damn sure. <laughs> and that shark jumps out of the water and pulls a plane out of the sky. Well, what more could you want? <laughs> it's the best. I, might, I need to watch it again. I might wait for the 4K remaster. <laughs> you can buy it on DVD on Amazon. And it comes in a double feature with 30,000 Leagues Under the Sea. That's, right, okay. <laughs> Weird is that? Of course, of course it is. <laughs> Very strange. Right. Before we start talking about the film, should we talk about what's going to happen on the bottom of the stream over the next couple of weeks? Yes, let's do it. Do the so admin. This, 
as we said earlier in this episode, this is the 100th, 100th film that we've reviewed, which brings to a close season four of Bottom of the Stream. The stream table by the end of this episode will be complete. Uh, next week is Easter Monday, so we're going to have a week off. We feel like we deserve a week off, do we not, Nick? Yeah, we're going to sit and eat chocolate. Yes. And drink so, chocolate. I'm going to melt the chocolate <laughs> down and drink the chocolate and then dip some more chocolate into it. Yeah, that's what I intend to do all weekend that weekend. So yeah, we're going to have a week off just because it's the end of the season. Um, normally we'd do the Botskas first and then have the week off, but we thought because it's Easter, we'll do it the other way around. So we're going to have a week off after this week. And then next week will be the second annual Botskas ceremony, social distance Botskas this year, where we will give some awards out to the films that qualify from the last two seasons and induct two more people into the captain's gallery, I guess. Sure. Need to give some thought to. And then we'll come back, and we'll come back for season five the following week. So there'll be no episode next week. You'll get the Botskas the week after, and then at the end of the Botskas, we'll pick the first film for season five. Done? Deal? Happy? Sure. I am really excited. Uh, I've had the first go at the nominations. Yeah, we need to finalise uh, that. We'll do that, and we'll get them out on the uh, on the socials. <laughs> Definitely. Right. Shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Okay, so this week we it it was my wild card week. I left it till the finale for a reason because I had found a film called Fun House Massacre. Uh, Funhouse Massacre is from 2015. It is 18. It runs for exactly one hour and 30 minutes and is currently rated at 5.2 on IMDb. Stars. There's a lot of people in this film. Um, not necessarily all famous, but there, there's a lot of characters in this film. Abby, um, it's not called Funhouse Don't Kill Many People, is it? <laughs> well, there's six murderers and at least eight murderees, plus a cast of a lot. Plus a really big cameo from Robert England who's in this film. Um, Robert England, obviously very famous for playing Freddy Krueger throughout his entire career. He plays the warden of the mental asylum in this film. Sure. And I think, in fact, I'm positive, Robert England would be the first person on the bottom of the stream whose autobiography I've read. Good fact. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it, it was nice to see him. It's only a cameo. He's in, what, the first 15 minutes? And it's definitely worth... Definitely worth the money they paid to get him, I think. Yeah, I'll say he's he's just in the pre-titles, but that is about 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, he's also top build cast member, even though he's only in like 10 minutes of the film. Um, second build member of cast is a guy called... How do you pronounce this guy's name? It's J-E-R-E. Jerry? I yeah. guess it's Jerry. Jerry Burns. He plays Mental Manny. Um, you'll know he's probably most famous for being... He was in Justified... He's got one of those faces. He's in lots of TV shows. You he will, was... will recognise him from something. I recognise him from Breaking Bad. You won't Bad, be able personally. to place him. Yeah, that's where I come from. <laughs> He's, he plays Jesse's rehab counsellor in Breaking Bad, um, but he is probably most famous for being... He plays Winduffy in Justified. He was in that for a long time. They're the two names, I guess, the two big names. There's, there's a lot of big TV actors in this. There's a lot of people who have been in a lot of TV shows. Um, the one other guy I did want to mention is a guy called Matt Angel. Great name. Great name. He plays Morgan, who I've called in my notes Doctor Who all the way through for obvious reasons, which you'll find out in a little while. Um, 
The reason I wanted to I mention this guy... I would say nominally he's the lead. The lead, yeah, lead. I guess he is. Yeah. He's the lead murderee. Um, the reason I wanted to mention this guy is coincidentally, and this is the, probably the biggest coincidence in the history of Bottom of the Stream, Matt Angel is in the open house. That's amazing. Which was the first ever film we did. And he's now in the hundredth film we've did. Two years, almost exactly two years later. I love it. I find that incredible. I, I, the, when I saw it, it blew my mind that that's happened. And it's such a weird concept because they're two of the, the most random films. And they share an actor. And it's, it's a hundred episodes apart from Bottom of the Stream. Yeah, there's a beautiful circuitousness <laughs> to that, isn't there? There, are, there really is, and it really cheered me up when I saw it yesterday. Um, I've just realised I've not written anything down about the director or the writer of this film, so <laughs> I'm going to do that live. Bear with me a second. That's not l- like me. You were too excited to watch this. I was, and I was right near the end because... of my notebook, so I was concerned about how many pages I'd got <laughs> left. <laughs> because this is so far up your street, it's lying in your bed, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's a piece of me. This film, it's it's this is this sort of film is the reason I watch films, and I don't even I can say that before I've even seen it. It's just the title sells it to me. Yeah, um, it's directed by a guy called Andy Palmer. Um, you won't have known anything else he's ever directed. I don't think there's some probably most famous is a film called Camp Coldbrook, um, but again, I don't think many people will have seen it. And it's written by a guy called Ben Begley. Okay. Who is an actor. He's been in quite a few things. And he plays Deputy Doyle in this film. Cool. He, he was, I kind of recognised him, but didn't look into where from. So. He's in quite a lot of stuff. but So yeah, he's in the film. He plays Doyle, the, de- the dippy deputy. And he also wrote the film. Good. I like it. Yeah, me too. Me too indeed. I think... That's it. Oh no! It says according. To, sorry, I've not done my research on this, and I do apologise. It's really amateurish of me. It says based on characters and story by Rennie Dorian. Okay. Uh, and she is also in the film. She plays the bumblebee girl, Laurie. Oh, okay. So it was cool. her idea, by the sounds of it. She came up with it, and then the other guy wrote it, and then they're both in it. Here they are. Here they are in the film. Do you have a one-word review of? Funhouse Massacre, Nick. Funhouse. It's a whole lot of fun. There's prizes to be won. <laughs> That's the most niche reference <laughs> I've ever heard. There's going to be a lot of people who have no idea what you're talking about. Anybody under the age of 25 and anybody who's Google not it. in the UK. Google Pat Sharp's Funhouse, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, where does this film start, Nicholas? It's Halloween. It is Halloween. I didn't realise it was a holiday movie, but it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) There's a cat at my door and it's not my cat. Oh, whose cat is it? I don't know. It's gone. (laughs) That was weird. It's white. How strange. (laughs) Carry on, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Distracted by a cat. So yeah, it's it's Halloween and do we... We first meet a lady who is a turns out to be a journalist, and she's heading towards a mental asylum. Is that what uh, we call yeah, it? Yeah, I just put prison, but yeah, it turns yeah. out you're right. Yeah, it's a secure institute for the criminally insane. Um, and she's a journalist, and she's coming to meet the warden of this place, who is played by Robert England. He's just credited as a warden. Um, warden Kane. 
Was it Warden Kane? It doesn't say that on yeah. IMDb randomly. Oh, I'm. Right. I, I will tell you now. I have no names for any characters in this film. I've got you covered. Don't worry. Because I've, I've literally most of them are in Halloween costumes all the way through, so they're just named as that in my film in my <laughs> notes. Um, I've got you. Robert England explains that there are people in this place that even God is afraid of, which I thought was a really neat little line. I liked it. And he's, he's <laughs> she's going to. She basically this place is people are kept here without trial, just because they're pure evil. And yeah, I like. I'm not sure that's uh, going <laughs> to pa- get past the human rights people. But um, she virtually says that to him, though, and he says they're not humans; they're monsters. So that's how he's he, getting away he, with it. he sort of says, you know, off the record, I'd kill these guys yeah. if, I, if I thought I could. Yeah, he <laughs> says I'd put a bullet in each of their heads if I thought I could. She's there basically. She's going to write an expose on it. She's going to expose him. I was really worried because. It looked like this was filmed at the same place that they filmed Deadly Detention. <laughs> and I thought, like, by some kind of osmosis, it might mean that this was also as bad as that movie. It's definitely better than that movie. <laughs> um, and then we go on a tour and we meet all of the inmates. There's five inmates in this prison. This, this takes like 10 minutes. It does. Literally just to introduce these guys. <laughs> so basically, they're all larger than life psychopathic characters and it's 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 brilliant <laughs> i'm just gonna put it out there so the first guy I we meet was, I, I think this might have been my, if it was my favorite part it was it was it was right up there Could because it, it, it was it was literally just here's two minutes on this guy this guy this guy yeah. uh and it was just yeah it was stupid and i really liked it yeah so the first guy we meet is a guy called animal the cannibal and he is a he was a chef who served customers to customers, which is how they describe him. Yeah. Basically he was a chef who cooked up people and served them to other people. Um we leave him, we leave his cell, we go to the next cell and we meet Bradford Young, who is otherwise known as Doctor Suave. And he is a dentist. Or he was a dentist in his previous life, and he used to get a massive drill and drill through people's heads. Yeah, he would drill into their mouth <laughs> and just keep going. Yeah, and you can actually see that in graphic detail at this point as well. Yeah, because as as these people are being introduced, there's a little flashback, isn't there? Yeah, to what they used to and do. Yeah, you get like drill cam, and <laughs> yeah, and the cam the camera basically goes through the guy's head and then turns around and you see the dentist looking back through the hole in the guy's head. <laughs> Which is pretty much all he all does in this stuff. film as well is just yeah. drill people in the head. Um, next guy we meet is a guy called Walter Harris, who is the taxidermist, and he basically used to stuff humans and yeah. mount them. And uh, yeah, see, quite, not like that. I, <laughs> I, I just want to point out that uh, the taxidermist is played by Clint Howard. Yeah, he has a very famous brother, Ron, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Clint's in a lot of Ron's films. And again, he's a he's a face that you will recognise. Yeah, he is from. Yeah. Many movies and TV shows. Indeedly doodly. Um, we go from there to meet my favourite character in this film. We meet Rocco the Clown, who is a wrestler who used to kill people in the ring quite violently. Um, he's enormous. I think he was six foot eight, I think they described him as. A great big, massive clown of a man. That's and right, yeah. He is fucking wonderful in this film. 
And then finally, we meet a guy called Manny the Prophet, who is otherwise known as Mental Manny. And Robert England actually describes him as batshit crazy. He, he does. He, he stole my I line. I did notice that. <laughs> so that was nice as well to get one of our catchphrases in the 100th film as well. Uh, this guy is basically a man who ran a suicide cult and encouraged the biggest mass suicide in the history of the world. As she, as the journalist is going around meeting these people, she starts to feel a little bit faint. and She passes out at the door of Manny's cell. So they decide to take a bit of a break. Yeah. And I've made I've made a little note here because it was quite clear what's going to happen here now. And I've put getting it's the best... Clear. I just, I just before you say that, I was going to say it's quite clear straight away that she's wearing a terrible wig. Yeah. And and I did write it to myself. I wrote down in my notes, she's wearing a terrible wig. <laughs> Surely this isn't a sign of like... <laughs> How again? How shit this movie is, and now quickly cotton on. No, no, we're going somewhere. Yeah, I I put down here. If I know if I know horror movies, I know where this is heading. And so I've written getting the best ever movie psycho into this movie to introduce your characters is genius, and he will definitely die soon. Yes. That's what I've written. And in the very next scene, he dies. So <laughs> she. They get back to his office and she has a bit of a flirt of him, doesn't she? She starts trying to seduce him. Yes. And then she garrots him and basically slices his neck. And that's the end of Robert England in this film. And he was there to introduce your characters and he did an amazing job at it, I thought. Yeah, a couple of hours work for him. Yeah, just one day on set, job done. He's He's got the best voice as well. His voice is amazing. I love him so much. Um, she So she kills him. She kills another guard. Or she kills a guard. And then she kills another guard. Then she pulls off this terrible wig. And she lets them all out. She releases all these people. She sure does. And not only that, she leaves with Manny. Yes. Why does she leave with Manny, Nick? Well, she calls him Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not really clear at this point if... It's actually her daddy, or if it's like a weird <laughs> sex thing. But I think they he was have a relationship. Uh, yeah, no, I think, I think he was actually her dad. Yeah, yeah. I think he was. Um, and then we hit the title card. We're probably fifteen minutes into the film. Yes, I would say so. <laughs> um, cut from the title card. We cut to some cops or a sheriff and some cops who have found a dead body in a motel, and we meet the deputy. For the first time, obviously, is the guy who wrote the film. Yeah, and it's it's quite interesting that now I know that he wrote the movie because he definitely gives himself the best lines. <laughs> yeah, he definitely did. Um, <laughs> he has a theory on what has happened in this murder. And he basically walks through it with the sheriff and talks through everything that he thinks has happened. And in the process of doing that, completely contaminates the crime scene. Yeah, he sort of, again, mounts the body. Mounts the body. He's um, got the murder weapon in his hand. Yeah, he's gone around rubbing all the surfaces. He's basically a right deuce dick, isn't he? He's a bit like Deputy Dewey in the Scream films. Um, The sheriff, though, has a better theory, and she walks through what she thinks happened, and that's quite clearly what has happened. Yeah, just just before we move on, so they they get a bit close to the body and pull away the the fringe of of the... the dead body on the on the bed and yeah. they realize that her eyes have been sewn shut yes which we'll come to and does prove who has killed this who's committed this crime cut from there to a guy trying to he's out the back of a cafe or a restaurant or a diner 
He's trying to pluck up the courage to ask a girl out. So yeah, this is this is Morgan. Yeah, I've I call him Doctor Who because for some reason he's dressed as Doctor Who. Uh, we find out it's why. Halloween. Later. Yeah, it's Halloween. <laughs> um, he is a waiter at this diner, and he is just out the back having his break. And then we cut inside, and there's two girls inside, two waitresses. They're both dressed up as well. Uh, one's dressed up as a bumblebee, and one is dressed up as sexy Hillary Clinton. There's kind of a they do a whole <laughs> sort of bit, don't they? Yeah. While he's he's outside trying to pluck up the courage, there's a lot of sex noises going on. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's his colleagues, I guess, <laughs> on their break. Yeah. Um, and so, then it was quite funny actually the way it was done. It was to be fair. And then they actually did the Doctor Who joke. The, the um, yeah. My name's Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Uh, the, yeah. Like the oldest joke in the history of the world. That they actually do that joke, and it actually works in this film, which is bizarre. Uh, because Morgan's got a difficult customer. Um, he's the only customer in there, and he's a bit of a dick. He doesn't like the food that he's been given. So it's the guy from Up, isn't it? <laughs> is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's landed. <laughs> um so Morgan takes his food back to the kitchen and the two chefs in the kitchen spit on his food, puts it in the microwave and give it back to him. Whilst making yeah, it a whole new a whole new plate. There is a lovely close up as he's oh. forking this mashed potato into his mouth. It made me feel like sick. Slimy viscous <laughs> gelatinous snot <laughs> dripping off the end of his fork which he puts into his mouth which yeah, is disgusting. absolutely lovely disgusting um, cut from there to a news story we don't see these on the show very often um, there's a news story on the news about a fun house that's opening this evening because it's Halloween and it's basically it's basically just an advert for this news story this fun house and it's based on famous crimes from the area. So these people who work in this restaurant, there's five of them, I think, altogether. Two chefs, two waitresses, and Morgan. Yeah. Um, they decide they're all going to go. They're going to leave work and go to this fun house and have some fun. Two other guys show oh. up. who are, I don't know who they were. They must have just been friends of them. They're just friends. Can I just, we've not mentioned the chef who was dressed as Machete, oh, which yeah. I thought was really funny. <laughs> Yeah, he was a Mexican dude, wasn't he? He was dressed yeah. as Machete. There's another. The other chef uh, is dressed as himself because he thinks he's a superhero. And I think that covers it. The, then these yep. two guys turn up. What were they dressed as? I can't even remember. They were kind of like leathery vampires, as in like from um, Twilight, Lost Boys kind <laughs> of thing. So there's a bit of a there's a bit of banter between all of them, but it results in them all deciding to go to this one house. So they pile yeah, into Morgan. They have to do a bit of convincing to Morgan and Laurie, yeah. don't they? But but they were never not going to go. Of course they weren't. No, they were definitely going. Wouldn't yeah, be Machete's much of a film go, if Machete's they didn't. Go. Yeah, Machete's going to drive them in his truck. Yeah, he's got a truck. So they all pile into the back of his truck and they head off to this fun house. And we get a little bit of a punchline because they've left this angry customer inside the shop, inside the cafe. And he's just like, where's my bill? And he's locked in there on his own now. Um, we cut from them. We cut to the fun house and all the psychos show up at this fun house. Yeah, there was a totally unnecessary scene of the two guys who run the maze just arguing. <laughs> yeah, there was to be. Don't fair. know why that was there. Just, <laughs> anyway. So basically this fun house has been based on the five, well, six now psychos that we've met. Yeah. And 
the actors have been employed to portray these parts, but they're going to take them out and do it themselves. And they've got basically a massacre on their hands. Yeah, I mean, it's stupid, but it's a fun concept. Yeah, it is. It's a really good fun. It's a really fun concept. You know, all all these serial killers are now in a maze, which is kind of made as a tribute to them. Yeah. And it's quite funny because they all go off and find their own little rooms, don't they? And and the taxidermist is like, well, no, it's... This, 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 this won't do at all. This, these aren't my tools. This is not what my workshop looked like. <laughs> He's like, they're not even taxidermy cool. tools. Yeah. The, the dentist obviously got his own dental surgery. Um, the cannibal's got a kitchen. It's, it's just standard stuff, isn't it? But it's it's good fun. It's really clever how it was done, I thought. Um, the guy's running this place, the boss, catches the regular staff out the back doing weed. And he gets really angry. Uh, but while he's talking to them and while he's telling them off, Mental Manny gets on the mic. He's got like yeah. a PA system set up. He's basically saying that they're they're in charge now. They've taken over. So the boss man goes back to try and find out what's going on. Um, and then we get our first death. Um, it's not even really a death. So just before that, I, this isn't important at all, and it it makes there's no reflection on on my enjoyment of the movie. What was this plot point where the 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 guy who runs the fair goes back? He he meets Manny in the control room. Yeah, and there's some shit about a picture. Was it? So was was the guy who runs the fair going out with Manny's daughter? Yeah, I think that was what they were trying to say. Is that? I think what they were telling you is there was the expl- explaining why it had been done like it has been done, and yeah, and she helped. She manipulated up. him to setting okay. up this um, fun house. And then busted in them all style. out of prison. And then busted them all out of prison, yeah. So oh, it's yeah. been set up. She's manipulated him to set it up in the style that she needed it to be, is basically what they were saying, I think. Yeah, it was, um, it was a bit clunky. <laughs> Rocco the Clown turns up at this point, and he meets his counterpart, the guy who's playing him, or the actor that's playing him, and he pulls his face off. Yeah. <laughs> with his bare hands. He basically just gets his, his full-on hand over this guy's face and just pulls back. And this whole yeah, and the guy, guy's whole face comes off. And the guy's like reaching up to his own f- just bloody mess of a <laughs> visage. It was funny. Um, it was funny and it was it was well done because he, he just peels it like a banana. It does, yeah. He just pulls it off. Mental Manny confronts the boss. Um, they have a bit of an argument and then Rocco comes in and breaks his head open. And Rocco is now wearing the face of the other clown over his face. Yeah. Which is a great look. As a wrestler, they've got to wear a mask, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. My next line in my notes says, I'm all in on this. Let's get going now. Because <laughs> you could see it was about to get going, but it, it, there was a point where I was thinking, come on, I really want to see this to start going now. Cut back to the sheriff briefly. She's looking through some old case files of a case that is called the Stitch Face Killer. Sure. Um, and then I've written our cannon fodder are stuck in traffic because the guys who we are following, who we know are all going to get murdered in a minute, are stuck in traffic on their way there because it's it's quite a busy little uh, little place. Well, they're stuck in traffic. There's no other cars around, but yeah, they're in a traffic jam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they start telling stories about what they think is going to happen at this fun house, and then we meet some radio DJs. Um, they've turned up to cover the opening. They're basically going to broadcast from inside they're, they're the hosting, maze. Aren't they? yeah, yeah, they're going to broadcast from inside the maze. Uh, these are 
Dr. Dave and Mr. Bob <laughs> was their, were their DJ names. And they were, yeah. they were basically middle-aged, over-the-hill DJs, weren't they? They probably used to be famous. Because Animal the, Animal the Cannibal meets them at the gate. Because he's, he's taken on the role of, like, ticket collector. Yeah, he's working security. He's <laughs> working security and collecting the tickets in. So, And he he says, oh, I recognise you from 15 years ago. And they're like, oh, we've been around for longer. He's like, yeah, but I don't listen to the radio anymore. Because he's been in this asylum for so long. Um, and then we get a montage. Uh, we get a montage. The place opens. And we get a montage of people showing up. Um, did you see the size of the car park in this montage? That, no, I can't say it really. Uh... It looked like Glastonbury. <laughs> <laughs> it was enormous. It was it was definitely a shot I mean, of a music festival car park. Yeah, there, there was some really weird <laughs> sort of library shots, I guess. I'll yeah, call that's them, what because, they were. Yeah, and but the way it was edited was quite strange. At a few points, I was going to come onto it later on when we're more in the massacre part. But <laughs> <laughs> when whenever there's lots of people, i.e. Now, when they're flooding into the into the place, and, and later on, where people are running running around for their lives, you can't hear any of them. No, that's very true. So they, they never soundtrack it with screaming. No, or the, you know, it's got like the sound as in the music under it, but th- there's never any crowd noise, and it is really weird. It just took me out of it a couple of times. It never felt really the, chaotic, did it? It was it no was weird. Exactly. And I know, I know I'm sure that was down to budgetary reasons, yeah. but um, yeah, it did take me out of it a couple of times, honestly. <laughs> um, as soon as the place opens, people start getting killed, um, but nobody really notices because it's a horror-themed maze. and It's dark in those it's mazes. It's dark in there and nobody's really noticing what's going on yet. Um, and then our guys show up, our, our team of uh, people who are about to be killed show up. Um, they all decide to go in, they all get their tickets, except for the guy who looks who's dressed as Machete. Um, he bottles it. He's like, "I'll wait for you in the car. I'm not. I'm not in for scary shit." He's um. He's well. He's he's hoping to get lucky with his girlfriend. Isn't yes, he? that's true. But he he's does. waiting for her to finish work. I think. Yeah. So he doesn't go in. That's that's the what we need to take from this scene is that he doesn't go in. Um, come back to the deputy. He's sitting in his station waiting for, well, just being a deputy, I guess, and waiting for something to happen. Um, More computer game talk. He's playing Nez. He is. He's got a Nez with a um light gun. It's old school, proper old school. Yeah. Um, and his, the phone starts ringing. The station phone rings, and he gets a call from a guy who's like, "Who's like, I'm at the fun park, and all my friends are being killed." Um, but then they start laughing, and it turns out it's a prank. And yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, happening. your mum." <laughs> yeah. So he leaves the phone off the hook because he doesn't want to keep getting prank phone calls. And then our guys get in. We go back to our, our crew of people who we're following. I call them the Grill Gang. The Grill Gang. I like it. Um, they head off into one of these spinny tunnel things. You know, when yeah. you, you're walking along a bridge and the walls are spinning around you. They're on one yeah, of them. They walk it, yeah, and they, they walk into Rocco's room. So it's all, it's all done with sort of neon yeah. paint, isn't it? There's wrestling masks and just, yeah, it's a bit like street, I guess. Yeah. And the guy who Rocco's, who pulled Rocco, who, the guy who Rocco's, I can't even speak. What's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> the guy who Rocco pulled his face off runs into them doesn't he and he's like help me help me and then Rocco kills him in front of them but they don't realise what's going on no, they're it's, like oh it's so cool it so, looks so, so realistic. realistic oh it's part of the show um, I've written here there's now bodies everywhere but nobody's getting what's going on yeah so they they make their way through the room so the dentist yeah. room is just full of bodies yeah 
Uh, the uh, same they they walk through the taxidermist's room as he's got he's, a victim on his table he's, and he's pulling his intestines. Literally out. gutting this guy, and they even take one of his intestines as like a souvenir because they just yeah. think it's all part of the show. It's a really clever idea. Um, they get to they get to the stitch face room and she's set up. I don't know if we made clear that she's the guy, the woman from the beginning, the journalist woman. Oh, right, okay. I don't know if we made that clear or not, but I'm not sure. She's basically she's dressed like a female clown now, isn't she? And yeah, clear. It's, it's a sort of. It reminded me a lot of Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. Yeah, yeah. There's Harley Quinn. There's vibe. a Harley in fact, Quinn. Vibe. I think I think when she arrived in the prologue at the asylum, she may have introduced herself as Quinn. Oh, really? Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So she's got like yeah, a classroom, hasn't sure she? Did. She's. Her room's like a yeah, classroom. and and she she's she's set the classroom up. Uh, there are students sitting at the desks. They have their eyes stitched and their mouths stitched shut. Yes. As they pass her door, though, she pins someone up against the door and slits the throat right in front of them. And again, our guys are like, "Oh wow, it looks so realistic." <laughs> yeah, how did they do it? <laughs> it's really quite clever. Um, our guys then all regroup after they've gone through these few rooms and. They're like, right, we'll get, we're going to split up for a little while. So yeah, they get out. So yeah. so this isn't what I thought was happening. I thought, you know, well, that's it. Now we're we're in for half an hour. Of these guys trying to escape this this maze, but nope, they're through. <laughs> they made it all the way through. So it's basically like an outside area armed. where people. It's like a festival, yeah. isn't it? It's like a fairground. Um, so they split up. Sexy Hillary Clinton and the jock guy go off to do some naughty in the bathroom. That's Jason and Christine. Thank you. Um, the two nerds go to get some food. Yeah, they've got the munches. Yeah, I thought you were going to tell me who they were called. And then I can later on. <laughs> and Doctor Who, and which leaves Doctor Who and Bumblebee Girl, who That's is Morgan and Mo- Laurie. Morgan and Laurie. I know that one. Uh, they're going to play some ring toss. That's not a, not a euphemism. <laughs> they're at the stall. Yeah, they are at the stall. A quick brief scene of Rocco heading back to the entrance where he locks the gate behind everybody. Um, with a big padlock. So everybody's now locked in as well. Um, we cut back to the Mexican guy, Machete, who is waiting in his car for the guys and he's talking on the phone to his girlfriend. And he's drinking. And he's, he's got drinking, heavily drinking. Um, and then we cut to some awkward toilet naughty. <laughs> <laughs> so sexy, sexy Hillary Clinton and the jock guy are doing the naughty in the toilet and the stitch face killer comes in. And she's just watching, creepily yeah, and, watching. And can I, can I at this point give us give a bit of a tease for the Botskers? Yeah, of course. <laughs> because we're, we're introducing course, yeah. a new a new category this year. Yeah. And we will have an award for the weirdest sex scene. <laughs> it's the weirdest naughty award. The weirdest naughty. Because we've we've decided to not do the mis- most misleading trailer this year, because we don't really talk about trailers anymore. Like we used to. Yeah. So, so weirdest naughty. Listen in two weeks to find out who wins. There are quite a few contenders. <laughs> Do you think this one's up there? I mean, last week. True. We had a girl snorting a line of coke off a guy's dick. So <laughs> Nothing weird about that. It's just a Saturday night. <laughs> you know, just before they got down to it. So it's a, it's a tough competition. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So she's watching through the door. She's kind of, they don't know she's there, but she is. Um, just after they finished the, they're wiping themselves down. Literally, I, I know I always say that, but they literally are doing this time <laughs> <laughs> in the mirror. Uh, he goes off to meet his friends, and he leaves her there to 
He says, I'm hungry. Yeah. Are you coming? And she's like, no, I need to clean up. Yeah, I'll be there in a minute. I, so need I don't to... know what, what he's done to her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and while she's there, while she's cleaning herself up, the Stitch Face Killer, which is a great name for a murderer, by the way. This, it's pretty good. It's a cool name. Uh, she attacks sexy Hillary Clinton and they have a fight, like a proper fight. Yeah. And it goes on for a little while. She, at one point, at one point, I thought she's going to get the better of her and kill her off. Yeah, I, I, I did think for a second actually, Christina's going to, she's going to, um, yeah, she's going to kill the killer. Wouldn't it be an interesting concept for the first main character death to be one of the psychos? Yes, yeah. I thought that's what we were going to happen. I hundred percent thought that was what was going to happen. She gets they have already killed like a hundred people. <laughs> yeah, and she gets she gets her face in the toilet, doesn't she? And she's drowning her at one point. Yeah. Uh, but Stitchface comes back and she wins this fight. How does she win this fight, Nick? <laughs> she impales Christine's throat yeah. through the coat hook on the toilet door. Yeah, she basically hangs her up on this coat hook and the coat hook comes up just, through her throat. Yeah, she's just gargling away. Yeah. It's bad times. But, you know... She's handily stored <laughs> on the back of the door. So there you go. Um, quick brief scene back with the sheriff. She's gone back to the crime scene at the motel earlier on where she she now thinks that the Stitch Face Killer is obviously behind this crime. Um, which She's, She finds all these newspaper clippings, doesn't yeah. she? And that somehow leads her to ring the newspaper. Yeah. And uh, the, the guy just says, oh yeah, I, I um, re- this reporter, Quinn, I sent her up to the asylum. Uh, yeah, she's she's doing a story on the place. Yeah. But basically, that all comes out at this point. Um, yeah. The guy, we cut back to the May, the wherever we are, the fun house, and we go back to our guys, and they're now looking for Christina. They realise that she's not come back from the toilet, and we need to go and have a look for her. So they go back into the maze, and they find her body in the classroom set, which is the Stitch Face Killer set. She sat in the corner of the classroom. With a dunce's hat on. Oh, yeah, facing the wall. <laughs> uh, with a dunce's hat on. What was the Jocker guy called? Dead. Jason. Jason finds her and he, he gets all upset and then he gets really angry. And he, he goes, because the stitch face killer comes in, doesn't she? And he goes to attack her. And it's at this point where they realise that all the bodies in this room are real. Um, yes. Because one... because Jason's screaming, it kind of wakes one of them up. Yeah. And this was probably the best bit in the movie. <laughs> because it made me go, oh, yeah, this is actually, like, I know there's a lot of great deaths in this, but this is, like, I, I didn't expect this. It just took me by surprise. So one of, one of the uh, classmates, I guess you call, yeah. just tries to scream. But obviously she's got her mouth stitched shut. Yeah. Not for long. Because <laughs> she screams so hard, she rips it open. Yeah, it's minging. It's horrible. <laughs> it's absolutely horrible. So anyway, they realise that every, all the bodies are real and that there's something is going down here so they escape they run to the entrance where they came in and then they realize that they're all locked in as well and they can't get out and then Rocco the clown shows up yeah um and he instantly kills one of the nerd guys randall was he called randall yeah i think it might be the only time his name was mentioned because <laughs> it's when they're screaming no don't kill randall <laughs> and he kills randall he, he um, just picks him up and drops him on his basically head. yeah he just <laughs> picks There's him no, up like yeah, there's no like uh, you know gory or creative thing. You just picks him up and drops him. You can do that if you're seven foot tall. I guess he was massive. This guy he was brilliant. Um, quickly back to the sheriff again. She meets up with the deputy guy, um, and she says, "Look, we need to go over to 
the place was called Statesville Mental Asylum. She's yeah, like, let's, let's. We need to head over on there. The trail now. Yeah. Let's go and see what's happening. Um, Rocco, then, my opinion, I believe, is this is the best death in the film. Um, yes. <laughs> he kills the other nerd. Um, Mikey. Mikey. Um, basically, if he chases Mikey down a little bit, and Mikey ends up on the floor, but unfortunately, he rests his head on the. Pa- the he trips, doesn't he? Yeah. he do, it's the old trope of, oh, I'm oh, being he does, chased. Yeah, he trips over somebody's foot. Turn my ankle. Yeah, and he can't get up. And so he, re- he ends up resting his head on the bottom of a test of strength machine. Yeah. And then Rocco picks up this enormous oversized mallet. It, it really is. <laughs> and basically caves his head in with it and gets the top score on the test of strength machine at the same time. And it is it's brilliant. Incredible. It's one of those scenes that you always think of if you're gonna have murder in a fun house, this is what you're gonna get. But it was brilliant. But part of me kind of thought that's so obvious. I can't believe I've not seen it before. <laughs> yeah. in a movie. Yeah, agreed. And then I thought, no, I haven't. That's brilliant. No, you're probably right. I don't think I have. I... <laughs> um, Rocco. Then I will. I will just give another tease at this point <laughs> for for the Butterscars in two weeks because a returning category will most definitely be best death. Yeah, hundred percent. 100% and that's up there we'll announce the nominations probably on the night if not before um, we'll get them out on the on the socials yeah why not um, Rocco then keeps this mallet for the rest of the film and it's just a really good visual of this massive grey big clown with an oversized mallet with somebody else's wearing somebody else's face it's, it's a great character and a great visual this episode is going to be so long <laughs> Rocco then chases the rest of them and he catches up with Jason and the death of Jason was gruesome also. Yeah. Do you want to talk about what happened to Jason? So they've got him cornered yeah. um, by the gate again. Yeah. And it's obviously, as we said, it's locked shut. It's it's just crisscross chicken wire, isn't yeah. it? Morgan kind of gets over, doesn't he? Yeah. To the other side. Laurie's struggling. Jason's most definitely inside. Rocco catches up with him. And he just pushes Jason's head against this wire fence. Yeah. And basically forces him through it. It's like juicing an orange. <laughs> it really is. He basically pushes basically f- it's like the scene in Cube where that guy gets cubed up. It's, I mean it's, that is that, isn't it? <laughs> it's horrible. I, I know I sort of had a bit of a pop because apparently no money at all was spent on you know, sort of uh, sound design. Sound effects and, and sound design and all that sort of stuff. But Come on, if it went on practical effects like this, I'm not sure I can complain too Some much of the practical effects are brilliant. For, for a low-budget film, they, they they did a really good job. They and did. When this gets going. The, this one where his, you know, his, his face is peeling back and his eyeballs popping through the fence. Is, uh, yeah, it was, it was well done. It's a good really visual. Good. It really is. Uh, so Laurie and Morgan get separated at this point because he's on one side of the fence, she's on the other, and they both run. Um, come back to Machete, who's still sitting in his car. A woman starts banging on his window. Um She's quite clearly about to die and then does die. Um, so he, oh, This really made me laugh because he just points his window down and says, are you dead? <laughs> Hello, mum, are you dead? It's, yeah. it's so funny. But that kind of alerts him to the fact that something is going wrong here as well. Um, cut to the sheriff and the deputy there at the asylum. Um, they found all the carnage that's gone on there. This is the first time anybody's been there, obviously. And the sheriff quite quickly realises that the prank calls that the deputy was getting from the funhouse were genuine. 
And so they were like, right, we need to get over to this funhouse because some shit's going down there, obviously. Sure. Uh, we don't cut away from them. They do literally turn up at the funhouse straight away. It's one of those, uh, how close is the funhouse <laughs> to, to the, the asylum? asylum? Absolutely. Morgan obviously is out. Remember, Morgan got out. So she, she, he meets up with the deputy and the sheriff. And yes. the deputy shoots him in the arm. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a lull as well. It was, it was quite <laughs> funny. So he's like, don't shoot, don't shoot. And the deputy's just really trigger happy and he ends up shooting him in the arm. And the sheriff, to be fair, she says, what are you, what are you playing? I didn't say shoot him. Yeah. What is Why wrong you with you? you? You are a moron. <laughs> um, so Morgan sorts himself out and then he tells him what's going on at the funhouse. And the deputy's like, so we're going to go in there and take on six serial killers with no backup. They just give Morgan a gun. Yeah, they do. They just give him one. <laughs> like, you can be the <laughs> like new deputy. You're in. You're deputized, yeah. <laughs> and then the Mexican guy shows up as well. And he's he just as he's, the deputy says, we've got no backup, Machete turns up. And he says, this was the funniest bit. But he's, he had two golden lines here. Cause he, he gets out his truck. You do the pan up the body. <laughs> and he just says, Machete does the cutting. <laughs> And then it cuts to the deputy, Deputy Doyle, and he just says, is that the real machete? <laughs> and it's, it really made it, worked. it was a good, It was a good little line. Um, cut back to the dentist. We've not met the dentist, Dr. Suave, for a while. Bumblebee girl, Laurie, is in his room and he captured, He manages to capture her while he's working on another guy and trying to murder another guy. And yeah. eventually they overpower him, don't they? They do. And eventually they manage to kill him. The dentist is, he puts a scalpel in his ear. Yeah, and then hits him around the head with a tray. Yeah, and and he he falls onto a gas canister, and the scalpel just yeah goes all the way in. Brain. So yeah, we've lost yeah. one of our psychos. Doctor Zwave is dead already. Cut back to the two DJs, Mister Bob and Doctor Dave, or whatever they were called. And they're still broadcasting. They have no clue what's going on. As far as they're concerned, this is just a funhouse horror maze. Uh, until Mr. Bob gets murdered by Mental Manny, who turns back up. He does. He just he just snaps his neck, <laughs> walks up to him and snaps, snaps his, his neck. neck. And then, I've forgotten the guy's name. I'm just going to call him DJ Dave. Um, he also gets murdered because he realises that Bob's just been murdered. And he's like, Bob, are you Okay. And then yeah, the crowd are just thinking it's part of the part, show. Oh, they all think it's all part of the show all the way through this. And then Manny gets the microphone and basically forces it down his throat. Yeah, and kills kills. So both the DJs are dead as well. Um, Manny then gets on the microphone, the other microphone, and he basically tells the crowd that whatever they're seeing here is real. And he's starting to get frustrated because they don't believe. Yeah, him. and. Nobody's like scared. Nobody's running scared or yeah. anything. It's quite funny. Um, and yeah, Manny's like, this is all real. What you're seeing is real. And then it begins. And, and he's like, we've killed loads of people. Seriously. Yeah, we've generally, there's loads of people who are dead. Why have you not, why have you not spotted this? And then a killing spree starts because he brings out all the other psychos that are still alive. And we get a massive montage of grisly murder at this point. It's just, just slaying. There's bodies everywhere um rocco manages to pull someone's head clean off yeah literally it's so good as well because he squeezes this guy's head and you can see it squeezing while the guy's screaming and then it just pops off it's brilliant 
and there's, there's like obviously, obviously there's a fountain of blood that pops out of this guy's neck. Um, Stitchface, she also hacks off a couple of heads. And yeah, she's, she's just going around decapitating, decapitating fools. people. She's got two blondes, isn't she? She's swinging them around like bloody cheerleader pom poms. Yeah. Um, the cops turn up. Sheriff and the Morgan turn up. They start getting people out. They manage to uh, find a way out. Um, yeah, they've like dug a bit of a hole under the, one of the fences. fences yeah, they? so they're so getting they're, people through there. Yeah. And then Rocco the Clown shows up again. Rocco, at this point, he does take a knife in his back, doesn't he? Yeah, Machete. Machete stabs, stabs him in the back. But he doesn't take him down even slightly. No. And they all manage to escape from him. They get away from him. They bump into the taxidermist. Yeah, they end up hiding in the taxidermist room. And then just as he's sort of wheeling his next victim in. Yeah. And the deputy shoots him, doesn't he? Yeah. And then throws up everywhere a couple of times because he's yeah. never killed a man yeah. before. Cut, we cut from there to the sheriff. The, 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 I've, I've gone over that bit quite quickly, but there's a lot of carnage going on in that part of the film. Yeah, there is. There's just, so basically, it's chaos. Yeah, the, the sheriff's on their own. She's in yeah. the funhouse. The other group decide to split up. Yeah. So everybody's so, all... They're all in teams of two, aren't they? Yeah. Um, part, yeah, the sheriff's on her own. Morgan, Morgan goes with... Machete. machete. Yeah. And Laurie goes with the deputy. The, yeah, they're going to chase the chef killer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Laurie goes with the deputy. Because they're going to try and kill the stitch face killer. Yeah. And the sheriff's gone after mental money. Um, and they, because there's a quite a good line from the deputy, because they're like, what happens if we, uh, what happens if we run into Rocco the clown? And he's like, let's just hope we don't. <laughs> I thought that was quite yeah. good. The sheriff catches up with mental money and. He actually, she actually shoots him in the leg. She does, um, which causes the stitch face killer, who we know is his daughter, to go right. after her. So she's now yeah, chasing so after the sheriff. They've they've found themselves upon this like walkway, haven't they? Yeah. Because and Manny says to the sheriff, "You look so much like your mother." And I'm like, "Ooh, interesting." And then her final line to him is, relax, dad, it's only death. And then she shoots him in the head. Yeah. So are we supposed to believe that she was her, his daughter as well? Uh, she was in the cult. Yes. Whether, <laughs> lit- whether he's literally her, her father, well, it doesn't really matter, does no. it? I mean, <laughs> but is the stitch yes, face killer her, her a sister? Parent... They, they seem like they have no, the same no, I don't. I, they seem like they have I, the same dad, but maybe not. I, I don't necessarily think they're... It, uh, yeah, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter in the slightest. It's, it, they were both in the cult, is what. Yeah. You know. So Manny's dead, who is the ringleader. Morgan and Machete have caught up with Animal the Cannibal. Um, they have a bit of a fight with him in his kitchen set. And he manages to get his face grilled on a hot dog cooker. Yeah. And that kills him. They hold his face down until his face is cooked, basically. Did, did you notice on the... On the hot dog roller, it was just full fingers. of fingers. Yeah, it did. <laughs> there was no hot dogs on it, it was just fingers. Yeah. Um, so he's dead. So we're running out of psychos at this point. Um, because also, the deputy has accidentally bumped into Rocco the Clown. And he's like, of course. And he, say, he says something like, oh, I knew it'd be me that bumped into him. So he takes a shot at him and he takes him down with one shot. And I'm like, I loved that character and I quite like the way that he's just died really easily. <laughs> but that was quite good. He had been stabbed in the back. Yeah, he it? had, yeah. But I just thought that was quite a nice little scene. So we've only got, the only person left alive is the stitch face killer. 
And we've got a girl three-way going on. All girl three-way because the sheriff and Laurie and the stitch face killer have all met up with each other. Yeah, so they're still on this walkway yeah. and they're, they're all having a scrap. They're all having a scrap. And it ends with the sheriff and the stitch face killer killing each other. They yeah, they both stab, both each, stab other each other at the same time and fall into a pig pile on their own. Die in each other's arms, basically. <laughs> and I've put, and we're done, they're all dead. So <laughs> the survivors make this, the morning now, isn't it? It's the next morning, the lights up again. Um, the survivors. Yes, the, the smoke is clearing, yeah. I guess. The survivors all make their way out of the uh, funhouse back into the real world. And there's a load of cops outside. The backups finally showed up. And so they think they're saved. They think they're rescued. And then Rocco turns up for one final kill. Uh, because he turns up, he grabs um, Morgan, the guy who's just yeah. as Dr. Hill, and basically kills him with a backbreaker. Breaks him in half over I his knee. I was genuinely shocked by I this. I was as well. Because I thought, not by the fact that Rocket, that there was a final scare and he turned back up. Obviously, that's going to happen. Obviously. But I wasn't expecting Morgan to just get bumped off like that. <laughs> so, just so easily. Well, he just picks him up and breaks him in He's been the lead all the way through this. Yeah, yeah. just totally nonchalant. Uh, done with him. Yeah. I, it was I mean, we are coming up to the end of the I film, say. but it, it was surprising. You're right. Um. And so that everybody hits the deck ne- because... Never speak of him again, sort no. of thing, wasn't it? Everybody hits... The, all the survivors hit the deck because they expect the police to start firing on this clown. And nobody does. The police are just standing there like dumbstruck. Yeah. So the deputy's like, fucking shoot him. What are you doing? And they, they still don't. So he gets up and he grabs a shotgun off one of the guys and he point blanks Rocco with a shotgun yeah. in the face. Then it's the, basically the cleanup, isn't it? So... It turns out the yeah, sheriff so isn't dead. She is being put yeah, you've in. You've got so Laurie's in. Laurie's sitting in an ambulance. Sitting in the back of an ambulance. Yeah, uh, getting patched just, up. Just been checked checked over, and then yeah, they wheel the sheriff. In yeah, she, on she's uh, on a on a stretcher, yeah, on a gurney, a stretcher. And um, so they put her in the same ambulance as um, Bumblebee Girl, Laurie, and it drives off. And as it drives off, it becomes apparent that this is not the sheriff. This is the Stitch Face well, Killer. I've got a bit of a bone to pick with this because <laughs> I don't think it was apparent and I think they pulled a massive cheat here. Do you reckon? Because, yeah, I, I felt so because... So they're in the ambulance and, and Laurie notices that a, a blade sort of slides down yeah. the sheriff's uh, Sleeve, wrist yeah. and into her hand. And she screams. Yeah. And then the film cuts the film black. Yeah, that's the end of the film. There's a couple of... Yeah credits but not very much it's literally only like 10 seconds yeah there's two of them and then and then the, the film comes back up again yeah. the ambulance has crashed yeah and stitch face comes out of the ambulance pulls kate's face off and skips out and in, over into the into the field yeah the reason i think they cheated is because when the body's wheeled into the ambulance it's clearly just the actress who plays <laughs> the sheriff it's not the stitch face wearing her face. No. Do you know what I mean? They, they've they've bypassed that rule just to try and make the shock, and I felt a bit cheated. Yeah, I I would I would have preferred it to have been obviously her when they wheeled her in. It should have just been her Personally. in the sheriff's clothes, and nobody noticed. No, she can have her face on. Yeah, but obviously but she is clearly her face wearing her face. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. Um, That's fair enough. I 
I just thought it was a bit of a cheat, to be honest. So yeah, so we're here to be picky, aren't we? We are indeed. So the the film ends with the Stitch Face Killer skipping off into the sunset. Um, did you did you see the second post credit scene? No, was there? <laughs> There's one? a second post credit scene. It's literally oh, right, no, no. right, right at the very end of the credits. Okay. Um, I wouldn't have known it was there if I hadn't read. As the credits were rolled in, I was reading IMDb trivia, and it told me there was a next second one, so I left it going. Um, we cut back to the funhouse, and there's loads of body bags all along the floor. And suddenly, one of them gets up, screams, and rips itself open, and it's Rocco. Um. <laughs> he just basically rips himself out of a body bag, even though he had his face blown off point blank range with a shotgun. He survives, and then the film ends. Okay. <laughs> What did you think of my wildcard pick, Nicholas? Hey, look, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I, it's it's a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. Uh, it, it's a lot more... I don't, say, I don't know if clever is the right word, but it had, it had a lot more about it than I thought it was going to yeah. be. It's stupid, but it's not as brainless as I thought it would be. Uh, and I had a fun time. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's so much fun. There's a lot of creativity yeah, here. Yeah, the practical effects are brilliant. There's... There's a lot of creativity. There's lots of good, fun deaths. The character, all of the characters are interesting. Um, they're all played well. The guy who played Rocco, the, that character's brilliant. That could that, he was a standout, that, and he he had a lot of time to shine. I yeah, guess definitely. I suppose the only other film that we've ever really seen that you can compare it to is probably Murder Party. It's very similar. Kind of what in terms of style gore and gore and, and budget, probably, but it's so much better than hey, that. This, <laughs> this is what a deadly detention wanted to be, yeah, probably. That's what happens when you do a film like this badly, <laughs> yeah, definitely. This film is a piece of me. This, I will guarantee you, that is not the last time I watched that film. Oh, I, I don't <laughs> doubt it for a second, absolutely brilliant piece of film. It's, it's just. Everything I enjoy in a horror film, in a horror film, it was brilliant. I really, really enjoyed it. I was disappointed when it ended. Yeah, I had a fun time. Really good fun. Do you want to talk stream table for the final time? Let's do it. Let's complete the set. Let's complete the stream table. What sort of position in the table are we looking at this week, do you think? I, I'm not really sure. Are you going to do the whole thing? Do you want me thing? to run through the whole thing? I suppose we have I suppose to. We it's do, the last, yeah. last one. So there's currently 24 films in this. We need to put in the 25th. So at the bottom of the stream currently is Swiped. Uh, 23rd is Aerials. 22nd is Dark Light. 21st is Malevolent. 20th is Life Force. 19th is Deadcon. 18th is Eyeboy. 17th is Red Dot. 16 is White Girl. 15 results, 14 is Hungerford, 13 is Shimmer Lake, 12, Would You Rather, 11, The Discovery, and then we get to the top 10. The top 10 is currently Pottersville at number 10. Number 9 is Al Camino Christmas. Number 8 is A Silent Voice. Number 7 is Alex Strangelove. Number 6 is Catfight. Number 5 is VFW. Number 4 is The Lost Bullet. Number 3 is Anna and the Apocalypse. Number 2 is is the Plagues of Breslau, and still holding its place at number one since episode six of this season, is Calibre. What are your thoughts, Nick? I think, I'm I'm just, I think (laughs) it's, I'm really, around 
I, I'm just debating. Does it squeeze into the top ten? Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I I think it's, it's 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 around there somewhere for me. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. That's really interesting. I'm higher than that. I currently am at somewhere around fourth and fifth. Okay. <laughs> interesting. It's somewhere between Lost Bullet and VFW for me. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. That is interesting. So, um, We haven't been this far apart in a long time, to be fair. And it's a film that we've both enjoyed. But this is the problem when we get to this stage of the stream table, which is why we decided to cap them at 25. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you don't take my... <laughs> uh, me being further apart from you, and I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it because I really did enjoy yeah. it. I knew I was going to. I knew I'd be higher on this than you are. I was yeah, expecting yeah, yeah. that. I, I wasn't expecting to be this far apart. Yeah, it's it, it's yeah. We might have to go uh, film Let's by go film, film from ten upwards. Film then. by film from Pottersville. So Pottersville is tenth. Yeah, I think I'd have it above. It's Pottersville. definitely better than Pottersville. El Camino Christmas is ninth. I dislike that. I th- I think I'd have this above that. Though. Me too. Because this was fun times. Yeah. This, this is a difficult one to compare it to. Silent Voice. Completely couldn't be two different films. I really enjoyed the Silent Voice. This, I, I, I think it's whatever really, happens. The Silent Voice is ending in the top ten of the stream table, and it it's currently it's it fully deserves from, to be in there. Yeah, and I and I think like I quite liked El Camino Christmas, but from a Silent Voice onwards, I think these are my hard recommends. Yes, I'd agree with that. And it's a tough film to watch, but it's, it's really worthy, and it's. Really, I'm so glad I saw it. Yeah, uh, which and that was Ross's wild card. It was, yeah. For me, I, I've said before, I I just I tend to lean towards what did I have more fun watching, and I'm not saying this is a better film than Silent Voice, but I think I want this above it. I agree. I think this, like you said, the stream tab was all about picking a fun film and a hidden gem on the stream on Netflix, and I think it's better. I think it's maybe not a better film, but it's definitely more of a Hidden gem, shall we say. Which brings us to Alex Strangelove. This can go above Alex Strangelove. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just drawing this out. At this point, I'm just drawing this out for you to... At which point are we going to have an argument, I feel. Okay, cool. Cat fight. And here we go. <laughs> so... <laughs> this is a better film than Cat fight, and it's more fun. Cat fight is a better film than this. Nah. And it's more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love Cat fight. I know you I do. I thought it was amazing. Can we park Catfight for a minute and just talk VFW? Okay, fine. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts um, there? Yeah, so they're a bit more comparable, aren't yes, they? Yes, that's why I wanted to do it. So so VF, VFW is a lot of blood and guts. It's a, it's a, it's from dusk till dawn. It's a massacre film. Yeah. <laughs> it's a revenge film. It's grittier than this. It's, um, it's a better film than this. Yeah. If if you're asking me which one am I watching, Funhouse Massacre or VFW, I think I've said before, I can see myself going back to VFW at some point. And a lot of it is because it's got a lot of nostalgia from from that old crew of guys yeah. here in it. Um, I can't quite put this above VFW. I for me. agree. I would also go back and watch rewatch VFW, same as I would rewatch the Funhouse Massacre. I, I will never rewatch Catfight. That's taking nothing away from Catfight. It is a good film and it's fun, but it doesn't. There's no reason for me to go back and rewatch it. 
I think I'm formulating an offer in my head. Go on. So, <laughs> so I will agree to put Funhouse Massacre above Catfight. Okay. If I place in my back pocket for two weeks' time for the Botskers, if I choose to use it, because I might not need to, we might agree <laughs> all the way through, a veto for an award. <laughs> oh, that's a bargain. Um, okay, I will agree to your terms, but it can't be used on the top award, the shiniest gem. Okay, deal. So we Deal, I accept. I, I think I'm happy with that as well. I think VFW is a great film, and this one is either side of it, so I'm happy with it going below it. There's, Like you said a minute ago, the, the top eight or nine in this are brilliant films and a whole strong recommends. And I'm just happy for the Funhouse Massacre to be in there. So that puts it at sixth. If you like this sort of thing, you will love this movie. Yes. I had a real good time, and this is not my sort of go-to genre of choice. But it's really fun. It's a hundred percent my go-to genre of choice, and it is—it's re- a really fun example of that genre as well. It, the, there are lots of like stupid slasher slaughter films out there. This is a really fun example of that genre of film, and I can't say much better than that. So I've seen a lot of cool. this type so, of film. <laughs> That—that's fair enough. So that's where it's going. Stone six. six. Yeah. Do you know what that means? Awesome. It means that Calibre Cal- has won the stream table. For season four. And well done. that also means that Samuel Holland, our Patreon, has won the wildcard race for season four and has also won the stream table, which has never been done before. So I think we should give a big congratulations to Sam. He did, he played his wildcard perfectly and he chose Calibre, which is an incredible piece of film. So yeah, very, very well congratulations, was, Sam. Uh, uh, we'll be sending you something was... out in the post, I would imagine. I don't know what it will be yet, but... It'd be something random and weird, was, I guarantee you. <laughs> it, it was run very close a couple of times, but did enough to hold it on. Did. So. And Calibre is a great piece of film. It's there's that one scene in Calibre that won that they won that one scene won this stream table for it. I think it's two. I, two, I think it's maybe two. two. There's, there's, there's the thing that happens, and then there's the very last film in uh, the very last scene in the movie. Yes, it's. Memorable. But the thing that if the thing that happened didn't happen, that wouldn't be number one. Um, sure, sure. Very well played, Sam. We'll send you something out in the post. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet. It'll be something weird. But uh, look out for it. We're going to turn the table on this film somehow. I, I mean, I think you can, but I, I don't think... I don't think we're talking sort of a huge turning of the tide, are we? No. It knows what it is and it does it well. I, I've, 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 like I said, a few of the minor criticisms that I had that sort of took me out of it. I, I think, if anything, as good as that introduction scene was, and I did really like this is this guy, this is this guy, and you had the flashbacks. Gives a bit more of that. I could, I could have gone straight from that. Yeah, maybe a bit more of that, and then let's go straight into the funhouse bit. To be honest. Yeah. You needed to meet other the characters that were going to get killed, though, didn't you? So. Yeah, but. I. I have an idea of how this becomes a better film. Did we? They all died. So. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Go on, well, then. Did, did this, they all die? This is your, uh... No, Laurie didn't die, did she? Well, I presume she did in that ambulance. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, you're right. They did all die. Um, <laughs> the only way I think you can make this a better film is to make this the seventh film of a series. 
Okay, so the, uh, I want the backstory the film. Funhouse but, Massacre cinematic universe. Yes, I want the backstory film for all six of those characters. Make me a film about all of them and then bring them all together for the finale. <laughs> so this is like the Avengers. Yeah. I want the, the Funhouse Cinematic Universe. You could easily I make a film. If I, want, <laughs> you could, I don't know if I want a 90-minute film with Clint Howard as the taxi <laughs> You're struggling. There's a couple you're struggling with. The Dentist as well would be an, an odd one. But it's doable. There are weirder films out there. But there's definitely a film in Rocco. Hundred percent. Give me a short. Give me a short film or an anime series, and I'm I'm hundred percent there. <laughs> there's a you. film in Rocco. There's a film in the Stitch Face Killer. Definitely, and there's also there's definitely a film in Mental Manny. Maybe the other three, maybe not. But I want a full on ninety minute backstory for all of these characters, and then bring the, all those characters into this film. And you know, you, you can't have too much of it. <laughs> you can't. But the trouble is, if that is going to be the finale of those seven characters, six characters arc, then you can't have any of them survive at the end, and two of them survive at the end of this. I mean, I like your ambition, though. That's, <laughs> that's not just a turn in the time. We're making, the, we're making seven Turning Turn in the time is about how you yeah, make this film good. better. You make it better by yeah. putting six films in front of it. <laughs> that brings us to the end of uh, season four of Bottom of the Stream. How do you think this season's gone, Nick? Yeah, I think pretty good. I, th- I think, like I say, the... The top eight also good, a really good recommends for me. The bottom seven we've seen some are, are dross. dross. <laughs> everything dross. bottom six, right? everything under iBoy is shocking. I mean, I know you don't like iBoy, but there's a gap. There's de- there's a definite gap between iBoy and Deadcon. Oh yeah, yeah. between iBoy yeah, and Deadcon, there's a huge gap. And the bottom six are when the string table's bad, it's really bad. But when it's good, it's really good. And the top eight. Even the top 10 films in the stream table are all really good films. Maybe even 11. If you go to Pottersville, everything above Pottersville is a good film. I liked Pottersville. Yeah, uh, I, yeah it's, it's a weird, weird, weird Christmas movie, but it's, it's, I got something we'll, out of it. I mean, I will never, ever forget Ariel's. <laughs> True. What an experience watching that! Definitely. Oh. What we'll, I'm sure some of these will come up in the yeah. Boxes. What we'll do, we'll do a rundown of it during the Botskers, and we'll we'll let it sink in a little bit. Let us let us get our head around what happened in this stream table. We'll do a bit of a breakdown of it during the Botsker ceremony, I guess, and then yeah. So that our award ceremony will obviously cover because uh, it's been a full season year, three so that'll season cover the last last two seasons that we've yes. done. So yeah. So. Like I said at the beginning, there will not be an episode of Bottom of the Stream next week. You can have a week off. We're going to have a week off. The Botskas will be the week after. And then we'll return the week after that for season five. Crazy. I know. We'll be going to... Yeah, we're at school <laughs> as a podcast. Definitely. So yeah. don't miss us too much. In the meantime, while, you, while you're waiting for us, go and check us out on Instagram. You definitely check us out on Instagram because we're going on Instagram Live to build a shed at some point. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll let you know. When check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at BOTS underscore podcast. Uh, Facebook.com slash bottom of the stream. The website is bottom of the stream.com. On there, you will find every episode we've ever recorded. You will now find completed stream tables and also last season's Botsker Awards are on there, along with the Captain's Gallery, which we need to think about as well. Um, this Patreon, check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash bottom of the stream. For a couple of quid every month, you get so much good stuff. Um, you will get some extra bonus episodes. Sometimes the episodes go out early if I can get them up in time. Um, there's stickers. We can send you stickers. We can 
do whatever you want, really. Nick writes a wild card every month. That's awesome. And if you come in at a certain level, you'll get a wild card and you'll be able to pick a film that we do on the stream. And also check us out on Discord. Discord is a really good, fun platform at the minute until Microsoft kill it. And definitely come and check us out in there. We're going to have some fun. We have a lot of chats in there. It's good times. I waffled a bit then, but I'm excited. That's fine. I've got very little battery left, <laughs> but that's all right. We'll Quick. be fine. Just uh, just, play, just um, like to be a bit risky. So I don't know why I'm waffling. But, <laughs> you know, the other thing you can do that really helps is to leave us a review anywhere that you can review podcasts. Podchaser, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any app that you use to listen to us. Do you know what you could do? What? Create a maze <laughs> for us to wander through and the prize at the end could be that review that you have left. Love a good maze. So yeah, do that and we'll see you in two weeks for the second annual Botska Awards. It's going to be fun times. Cheers. Bye.